Professors FM. Doug, as you know, we have joined the Professors FM podcast network. So it's extremely exciting. It's like for the first time in my life, I'm going to have academic friends. This is big. And as part of this, we're going to talk about some of the other shows on the network. One of the things we talk a lot about in terms of sports analytics is the role of incentives, right? It's all about incentives. And so one of the other shows on the network is called Taxes for the Masses, brought to you by Lisa DeSimone from the University of Texas and Bridget Stomberg from Indiana University. And so what these two ladies do is they dive into all things taxes. I think it's a great compliment to what we do. In some ways, there's nothing bigger in public policy than taxes in terms of shaping the economy and society because taxes change how people behave. So, you know, give it a listen. Great show. Analytics with Mike Lewis, the podcast where we talk about everything you need to know about sports analytics. Here's your host, Mike Lewis, marketing professor at Emory University. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Fanalytics podcast. I'm Mike Lewis. Today, I'm joined by Ada Chong. Today, we want to talk about something. Um, well, I, you know, I guess most of these podcast episodes are always a little bit different. We hit a, a wide variety of topics. Today, something that is, you know what, I kind of view this as very much in the world of marketing. A lot of folks might view this primarily as a on-court type of issue, but this question of where is LeBron James going to go if he decides to move on from Cleveland? And there's been a, there's been a bunch of attention directed towards this. Uh, you know, a number of articles, you know, we're actually looking at one at the moment as we speak uh, from, from ESPN listing a bunch of likely destinations for LeBron. So what I wanted to do today is talk about the marketing implications of these potential moves in terms of both the LeBron James brand and uh, the NBA. So let's get right to it. Do you think when LeBron James switches teams, he loses fans? Or do you think he gains new ones from the new city that he goes into? Well, you know, absolutely. He's going to lose some fans in Cleveland, and he's going to gain some fans wherever he goes. Now, I mean, you know, we've actually seen this once with LeBron moving from Miami and the folks at Cleveland being very disappointed and maybe a little bit angry. But when he came back, well, they forgave him very, very quickly. The the question begins for LeBron. You know, we've heard all this discussion over the last few weeks, you know, as we went into the NBA Finals, is was LeBron the GOAT, the greatest of all time? And the comparison is usually made to Michael Jordan. Now, Jordan was clearly a great, great player. But one of the things that sets Jordan apart is his influence on popular culture. Michael Jordan had advertising deals with Nike, obviously, in terms of an iconic shoe that's still sold, you know, long after he finished playing. Gatorade, McDonald's, Hanes ballpark franks et cetera, et cetera. you know he went beyond being a basketball player to being a cultural icon and i think that's very much something that is of interest to the lebron james camp or the lebron james brand let's say right when i think of michael jordan i think of a family man i think of space jam <laughs> everyone loved that movie and he was very likable but when you mention lebron james 
he's comes off as a villain. If you're not a fan of him, people hate him. But I don't feel like people felt that way about Michael Jordan. So is that a big distinction of who was the greatest NBA player of all time? Well, and maybe let's say who's the greatest NBA player in terms of marketing. And I think you're right. Michael Jordan, especially early on in his career, was really known for having a smile that could light up a magazine cover. And I think you're right that LeBron James has a different public display most of the time in terms of, you know, really kind of a stern look or I don't want to sort of infer too much. Like it's almost like an angry look. And, you know, now with the beard, it's sort of a positioning as kind of an aggressive dominating look versus the Michael Jordan smiling Space Jam with cartoons, you know, doing the McDonald's ads, different kind of approaches to all this. Right. Well, do you want to talk about LeBron as a free agent and where he could go this basketball season? Yeah, absolutely. And so let's let's think about what I, what I want to think about is, you know, what does this potentially do for the LeBron legacy? And what does it do for the NBA of LeBron moving, you know, moving between cities? So, so as, as a starting point, you know, the NBA Finals has become an annual event that seems to take place between Cleveland and Golden State. Now, Golden State is essentially San Francisco, the San Francisco market. That's um, San Francisco market. If I'm the NBA, the San Francisco market is obviously an appealing market. It's a big market. It's a lucrative, affluent market. The Cleveland market, perhaps not so much. So one starting point for this is from the NBA, where would you want to have LeBron playing in a small market, Cleveland, or in a, you know, potentially a larger market. So why don't we just why don't we just go down the ESPN list in terms of at least I guess their ratings of likely uh likely destinations. So let's start with the Boston Celtics. Why do you think LeBron could pick that team? The Boston Celtics are interesting in a couple of ways. And actually if we start to think about let's say the league as a whole, the the idea of Boston being a you know, one of the, the powerhouses of the league is, is incredibly appealing if you're thinking about this. So, you know, so, so Boston is, the, the key thing, Boston is a franchise with a lot of historical success and an incredible fan following. So, you know, Boston has probably, the Boston Celtics kind of have a nationwide brand, which is somewhat unique in, in the world of sports. You know, you go all the way back to, you know, Boston has this long history from Dave Cowens to, you know, Larry Bird to Kevin Garnett, maybe a little bit more recently. But it's a, it's, it's truly one of the world's iconic sports brands. And so LeBron going to Boston, in addition to what Boston has already assembled, probably makes Boston a perennial member of the NBA Finals, and there's probably going to be some championships that follows. If I'm selling the NBA TV deal, I love the idea of Boston being one of my one of my you know high points in terms of successful teams. Now, from LeBron's perspective, it's an interesting one. Okay, so there's a lot of young talent at Boston. Danny Ainge has put together a group that looks like they're going to be very effective for a number of years. So, so on the plus side, LeBron can step in and be competitive for a championship. Okay, if you know when you're building the LeBron brand. Winning championships is going to be a big part of it. I mean, the, a lot of the criticisms of him relative to Jordan are that, you know, Jordan was more successful in terms of his performance in the finals. So with this Boston team, perhaps he can win some more. The other thing is he might actually get a little bit of brand equity transferred to him from the Celtics. It's, one, like I said, one of these truly iconic brands. 
it's sort of an iconic player joining an iconic brand. Now, where I kind of have an open question is, does LeBron then become, you know, essentially just another Celtic great instead of in the all-time Cleveland Cavalier great? And I think that's a that's a tough that's a tough thing to think about. And it probably ends up being determined by how effective the the team ends up on the floor. You know, if he goes to Boston, they win four championships in a row, it's a victory. They go to Boston and they don't win any championships, then maybe it's a bit of a defeat. So what about the Cavs going back to his home team? So staying in Cleveland is an interesting one. It's almost like playing the hometown angle on all of this as he's a Cleveland guy. He's going to stick with it keep trying to move that franchise forward. Now, I think the downside to it is it seems to have proved difficult to assemble a cast around him in in Cleveland that's going to be effective in terms of beating Golden State. So it's this uh, kind of this hometown loyalty angle in terms of the branding coupled with the, the hometown loyalty angle of the branding as opposed to can he actually generate the championships in in Cleveland. You know, for his legacy, I think there's a danger that, you know, if you become the guy that always finished second, well, it's hard to be the all-time great, you know, as a player or as as a brand or as a spokesperson when you kept finishing second. From the league's perspective, Cleveland's just not a major market. It's not one of these iconic brands within that league. It helps when he's there you know, give some hope to maybe some of the small market teams. But you'd rather have them in a market like New York or Chicago versus a market like Cleveland. Well, the Cavaliers didn't bring home the championship this season. So do you think LeBron would want to redeem himself and give it one more season so that he could leave while he's on top? And I think that's where a lot of this kind of goes into in this um, this kind of calculation as what is he accomplishing in terms of the legacy, if he wins a championship in Cleveland, what does that get him versus the risk of if they fail again to win a championship in in Cleveland? Yeah, that's a good point. All right, so let's go back to the Golden State Warriors. This is something where I think the league would probably actually want to be a little bit concerned. So, you know, moving to, well, let's start with the LeBron side of this. So moving to Golden State means that the Warriors then have, you know, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, perhaps, you know, three of the top four or five players in the league. So potentially the the Warriors' dominance, the Warriors', uh, you know, legacy continues to, to build. Now, what does LeBron get out of that? You know, one of the one of the issues with LeBron moving to Miami was was that LeBron's team or was that uh, was that Dwayne Wade's team? And you know, as opposed to in the Michael Jordan world, that was Michael Jordan's team for the Chicago Bulls. So he becomes he's positioning himself to become part of part of the let's say the three Musketeers here, rather than the guy, the dominant figure that delivers the championship. So from the LeBron branding perspective, I don't li- I don't like that move at all. In terms of the league, I would really be concerned about this idea of you know, essentially the top players all starting to gravitate into one or two teams in terms of, let's say, a competitive balance issue. You know, you want to have a mix in terms of competitive balance. You want to have iconic teams. The Warriors are clearly the iconic team at the moment. But, you know, you want to have people have a chance. And I think that's one of the real issues for the NBA is, 
sometimes it doesn't seem like, you know, at, at the start of a season, it often seems like, well, the champion's going to come from about three or four teams and no one else is really relevant to the to how the season's actually going to turn out. Well, from a marketing perspective, is it better to be an individual? You said, you know, is it LeBron's team or would it be Dwayne Wade's team? Well, in this case, if he were to play for the Warriors, if he did another three musketeer thing, it could be a good branding thing where it's like, oh, these three top players, these MVPs are in one team together. You could imagine there might be some, you know, some sponsorship deals that could go that way. But I think, you know, bigger picture it really kind of hurts him. It almost positions him as a guy that joined to win rather than a guy that was really driving the ball forward to win. What about the Houston Rockets? Moving to the Rockets would be kind of joining another cast of characters that already exist. And, you know, in particular, James Harden has really established himself as one of the one of the top, top players in the league. And so then it becomes this dynamic duo and there's sort of a risk of, well, is this Harden's team or is this LeBron's team? Um, you know, it's a little Chris Paul in there as well. And so if you want to establish yourself as that brand, kind of have to be the guy. And so there's a bit of a calculus of, could you be the guy? The other issue is there's a little bit of risk on this one, right? So the Rockets play in the same conference as the as Golden State, and they've really struggled to get past Golden State. So is LeBron setting himself up for a situation where maybe he's going to continue to lose to Golden State, but earlier in the postseason, so rather than make it to the finals, he would lose in the conference finals? That's a dangerous thing if he's concerned about his legacy of effectiveness. Now, on the other side of it, if we're looking at straight, let's say, analytics— Houston is probably the team with the most, at the moment, the most capability of adding a guy and being able to beat the Warriors. So again, it's kind of this calculation of the marketing side versus the on-field side, which is very intimately connected issues. That's a good point. Let's move on to the Clippers. Let's talk about the Clippers and the Lakers together. The move to LA, kind of the move to Hollywood it's got a little bit, and it's going to differ across the Lakers versus the Clippers. You know, the move to the Lakers in some way is kind of similar as the move to the Celtics, right? One of the real iconic brands, LeBron becomes the next guy to wear the jersey following Magic and uh, and Kareem and Kobe. And, and so again, it's like this issue of, is he the next guy or is he the guy that brought it back? As a marketer, I kind of like it. I kind of like the idea of him putting on one of these iconic jerseys of the Celtics or the Lakers. He's moved from Cleveland to Miami, so it's it's going to be hard for him to get sort of that hometown kid built the hometown franchise. So moving to one of these really, and again, I've been using this word too much today, but one of these really iconic, one of these brands that the league is essentially known for, I think that's a really interesting and potentially smart play. In terms of, you know, now, of course, on the other side of that, you don't get that with the Clippers. Where the Clippers and the, LA and the Lakers come together, right, is that you're playing in the the L.A. market. So you're playing in a market that has historically loved basketball. It's at the heart of the entertainment industry. And so there's some ability or some possibilities of getting beyond, of easing the transition beyond basketball to more of a cultural figure, right? You mentioned Jordan and what was the movie you liked? Space Jam. <laughs> Space Jam, right? And so, you know, if LeBron wants to go down that path of becoming more of an entertainment figure, he's he was already in that uh, train wreck movie with 
Amy Schumer a couple of years ago, and and I think his performance was well received. But you know, Jordan was in movies, Shaq was in a bunch of movies. You know, maybe that's an interesting play, putting on an iconic jersey and starting to make a little bit of more of a transition to the entertainment industry. The Clippers might be closer in terms of being competitive on the court versus the Lakers. So again, you know, it's kind of a, a risk-reward trade-off in terms of these two brands as well. Do you think Kobe's fans will be able to jump ship and be a LeBron fan? Absolutely. You know, the the NBA has such a youth-oriented culture I think that those kind of these fans are always looking like looking for the next thing and you know if he can bring you know especially let's say the Lakers back to prominence that city would completely embrace him you know that that that's a basketball crazy city I mean you're a little too young for it but they would love to show like the celebrity sitting courtside for the Lakers, especially during the Showtime era of, you know, I think it was always Jack Nicholson sitting down there. And, and I think that I think the L.A. celebrities would come out again. So it's an interesting move in terms of that type of like connecting to the broader culture. Fun fact, I went to a Lakers game in 2012 <laughs> to watch them play in the finals. <laughs> I was such a bandwagon <laughs> fan and my sister got me tickets for graduation. So (laughs) I have a little experience with their fans. They are crazy about basketball. Um, What about Miami Heat? So what if he went back there? I think I have to say with this one, since I am from South Florida, when LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh played together, the city went nuts. The games on social media were always talked about. And as soon as those three dispersed, I just felt like the team was not as popular. Oh, I think I think that's a hundred percent true. Now you're from South Florida. The state of Florida is really a tough sports market. I mean, it, it, South Florida, North Florida, you know, Tampa. It, it's a tough thing. I mean, and whether that's for historical reasons in terms of the franchises are all relatively new in in Florida versus let's say the Northeast or the Midwest, or if it's a function of weather. It's been historically really tough to build these sports brands. And you're right. When LeBron was there with, with Wade, you know, Miami came became one of the marquee brands in the NBA. But I don't think they've kept up with that. And look, building a brand in sports is something that tends to take a lot, a lot of time and a lot of success. You're right. It's almost more a matter of to really kind of make a dent in like the Florida marketplace, you really got to be good. You got to have something spectacular. And I think you could argue that that trio in Miami was sort of one of the most dramatic trios in in all of sports, especially during that era. I mean, think about how that started, right? With the TV program of I'm going to take the the decision and I'm going to take my talents to South Florida. That whole thing is part of why we're having this discussion. You know, this issue of the marketing side of this is so clearly in play, right? We're going to take it to this glamorous market. Since the South Florida or Florida in general market is so tough, do you think LeBron alone could create such popularity with basketball fans again? You know, I I think the challenge here would be that they would then have to figure out a way to sort of build, in some ways, different from, let's say, going to a Boston you're going to have to construct that team around LeBron. LeBron, you're not just plugging him in. You're constructing it around him. And so it's sort of some of the challenges you face in, let's say, remaining in Cleveland 
is that you've got to attract this base of talent as opposed to, let's say, Houston or Boston, where it's sort of ready-made. Okay. What about the 76ers? Okay, the 76ers, there was a lot of early speculation that that was going to be the destination. 76ers had a little bit of a scandal here that I think took a bit of the luster off in terms of uh, the general manager and his burner Twitter accounts, or I guess his wife's Twitter accounts. But the 76ers are an intriguing possibility. The Sixers are mostly known for this concept of the process, where the team tanked or performed poorly for a number of years in order to accumulate top draft picks. And this past season is when things started to pay off. And so this is an intriguing one in that you've got, you know, essentially really young players, you know, 22-year-olds, 24-year-olds. There's a really solid talent base, but it's a talent base that LeBron would overshadow from day one. LeBron would be the, the marquee star. So it's something where he would definitely get the credit for taking them to prominence, where he might not get that credit in Houston or in Golden State. In terms of the Philadelphia brand, you know, this this is, this is going to show my age, but, you know, Philadelphia was a marquee NBA brand in the 80s with, you know, Julius Irving and Moses Malone. So there's still a little bit of that brand equity there. So it's it's really an intriguing, it's, a, it's an intriguing possibility. As a marketer, I like that one a lot. Big market, big Northeast market a pretty good NBA brand, young talent, you know, some risk. Will this young talent, you know, continue to flourish and develop? But I like that one a lot. Okay, and our very last one, the Spurs, San Antonio Spurs. My initial reaction is I kind of hate that one. <laughs> Why do you hate that one? <laughs> and, and, and that's too, that's, that's too far. But, you know, the, the Spurs are a small market. The Spurs are an interesting brand that does... You know, they've done really well over time. And I think a lot of people would say the Spurs are viewed as one of the best organizations in the league. That despite playing in a small market, they've always been able to get the right kind of talent, whether it's uh, Tim Duncan or David Robinson. And they've just had so much stability in terms of the coaching and the leadership that they've really been able to, you know, operate at very high levels within the league. What I don't like about it is, well, there, there's a couple of things, and so the roster is a little bit of um, the roster is in a little bit of turmoil there with Kawhi Leonard seemingly on his way out. So you're losing kind of a key piece of talent while you're bringing in a major piece of talent if LeBron were to go there. So you are in a bit of a building mode in terms of getting pieces around him, but in terms of the market, and this is where I the, the marketer in me comes comes through it's like I, I just don't like the idea of going to a small market san antonio you know even if you were to win a number of championships there you're not going to have the marketing impact the branding impact as if you were doing this in front of let's say a la laker audience or playing in the boston garden well a thing we haven't really touched on is the salary cap so do you think his decision would have a lot to do with of course how much money would be paid out in his contract and you know, other teams letting players go to take him. And I, I think that's a great point for you to bring up, but I'm going to, th- that's one that we're going to punt on today simply because there's too much complexity in, in this. I mean, almost all of this speculation about going to different teams. So it's an important fact to note. 
is really predicated on people doing deals with Cleveland and being able to move salaries around, being able to package players to make the salaries match up, uh, guys taking pay cuts or deferring salaries. So there's a ton of complexity on a lot of these deals. And I, and I think it's an interesting one in that, you know, to sort of get this done is going to be really difficult for some of these teams on this list, relatively easy for other teams on this list, but it's always going to be a challenge. And it actually more speaks to, you know, how the NBA has developed over time that whenever anyone, well, let's take a step back. I mean, it seems like the NBA more than other leagues has been a star driven league. And the key to winning a championship has been having, having, let's say three top 10 players or two top five players on a team. So, key to winning has as much to do with managing salaries and you know kind of acquiring very unique talent as anything else i mean it's more a matter of getting that unique talent like a lebron james than it is of you know let's say major league baseball of having the right manager and building a farm club and developing from from the ground up the sixers issue is related to that right so this idea of we're going to perform poorly for years to get top 5 draft picks so some of these are going to develop into into stars. The salary cap stuff is critical to this, but it's just it's beyond what we can talk about. It's like we got to have a spreadsheet open to talk about the salary cap. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that <laughs> spreadsheet, Mike. Yeah. When we move to the video version of the podcast. <laughs> no, and I think there's a lot of people that have taken that angle on this is, you know, where are these things most doable? So hopefully our discussion today kind of add something to that nuts and bolts salary cap discussion and the idea of putting together a winning team to, you know, think about the marketing implications for LeBron and the league. Because, you know, at, at the end of the day, this is a business. Winning is what kind of creates fan interest. But the player, you know, the players and the team involved, they've always got to think about the marketing side of this. LeBron's career and really any athlete's career you can think of this as the the opportunity or the challenge to build a brand that is then going to give that person, you know, financial resources or a voice if they're politically oriented or or power or influence moving forward. So, we, you know, well, sometimes I think people think the branding is kind of kind of trivial. Well, the branding is who these guys are, right? And so th- this is their lives and this is their career. So whenever they're making these decisions, any free agent you know they've got to think through the marketing side of this in terms of what they're what they want to accomplish and what they can accomplish. So many factors to consider. So thanks guys. Thanks for uh thanks for listening. This is um this is one of these great topics. Uh, what makes me happiest is when we can combine let's say marketing thinking or analytics thinking or even data to have a more nuanced approach to what might be sort of an argument of between fans in, in like a barroom setting. I mean, this is what this is why we love sports. So I really hope you guys appreciate and got something out of today's episode. So until next time, thank you and so long.